When you need mealtime inspiration, it's worth shopping Kroger, where you'll find over 30,000 mouth-watering choices that excite your inner foodie. And no matter what tasty choice you make, you'll enjoy our everyday low prices, plus extra ways to save, like digital coupons worth over $600 each week. You can also save up to $1 off per gallon at the pump with fuel points. More savings and more inspiring flavors make shopping Kroger worth it every time. Kroger, fresh for everyone. Fuel restrictions apply. Save big on your Memorial Day barbecue, all in the Kroger app. Get half gallons of delicious Kroger milk for $1.29 each. Then get flavorful Tyson Natural Boneless Chicken Breasts for two forty nine dollars a pound, all with your card and a digital coupon. Shop these deals at your local Kroger today, or tap the screen now to download the Kroger app to save big today. Kroger, fresh for everyone. Prices and product availability subject to change. Restrictions apply. See site for details. You are now tuned in to the Asian Madness Podcast, a podcast where we discuss all things true crime, mysterious, morbid, and odd from the other side of the world. I'm your host, Jessica. Please sit back, relax, and let's dive into this week's topic. Hey guys, as always, before I begin... Here is a promo for a podcast I find really, really funny, but I know comedy, true crime podcasts don't really work for everybody. So here goes. Hi, I'm Barney Black. And I'm Tara Saraban. And we do Bloody Murder. We're a weekly true crime podcast that focuses on some of the lesser-known crime stories from Australia. And indeed around the globe. We're a comedy podcast with a dark sense of humour. But we're dead serious about murder and the people it affects. We find humour in some unexpected places. But never at the expense of the victims or their families. We've been described as the blue cheese of podcasting. Addictive, strong and satisfying. And a bit stinky. I am not. You know you are. Bloody Murder is available on your favourite podcatcher. So that was Tara and Barney from Bloody Murder. I know, I know, not everybody is into a lot of cussing and comedy. But seriously, these two have amazing chemistry. And I always laugh when I listen to their podcast. So if that sounds like it might be your thing, I highly recommend you check them out. Now let's get on to today's episode. Happy end of 2018. Good God, what happened to 2018 anyway? Can you guys believe I have 30 full episodes already? I can't, but I think I will have to believe that because logic tells me so. Anyway, welcome back to the Asian Madness Podcast. After so many true crime and murder episodes, I think it's time we revisit the world of urban legends and find out some more creepy Asian tales. Some true, some probably not, but who knows. If you're lucky, you might get to experience them or maybe even debunk them. Let us begin. For the first tale... I would again like to thank listener and Twitter supporter Lee. So, after my first Tales Told in the Dark episode, I received an email from Lee with a bunch of suggestions for both true crime and urban legends. I cannot thank you enough. So, here goes the legend of the Jenglot. This is an urban legend from Indonesia, 
And although it does not have an intense solid backstory like this happened one day to this one person, it is still strange nonetheless. So no one really knows what these things are, and it is said to have caused a lot of debate within the Indonesian community, as its origins are still unclear. So what is this Jenglot thing? On the outside, it looks like a very scary, creepy human doll, or rather a mummified human doll with long dark hair, sharp teeth, and long nails that curve. It has a humanoid shape, and size-wise, it can range from 10 to 20 centimeters. It is rumored that these jenglots were once human, most likely someone who was associated with magic of some sort. Once these people died, their physical bodies did not decompose as we would expect them to, possibly due to their ties to magic. Instead, they were rejected by the earth, and they thus became this tiny humanoid figure with hair and nails. These creatures are said to be found buried in the ground, in random spaces between old homes, or even in the trunks of huge old trees. But location-wise, mostly they are found in the Java area of Indonesia. Okay, I know. So what is so interesting or creepy about these things aside from their appearance? We can definitely agree that these creatures are not alive, and researchers and scientists who have examined this creature have also agreed that yes, they resemble a human form, but it is not possible that they were or are still alive, probably for obvious reasons. These creatures lack essential organs such as lungs, heart, and all that stuff. But to shamans and locals, they believe that these creatures are alive due to their supernatural powers. Remember, Jenglot is believed to have once been a person who had magical powers, so it's not far-fetched to believe that these creatures also possess magic, even in this mummified form. What's interesting, though, is that according to research conducted in the University of Indonesia, the DNA found on the outer layer of the Jenglot skin actually resembles that found in humans. So, does that mean it was once human? Or are they tiny humans? Not necessarily. It's possible that these creatures are man-made, maybe from human skin. Or they just happened to have been exposed to large amounts of human skin at one point, so DNA of the person was transferred onto the jenglot. It is also possible that the jenglot was formed with real human parts, like small bones, human skin, human hair, all that. Sort of like a miniature Frankenstein's monster, just not alive. Now on to the supernatural side. It is said that anyone who possesses a jenglot can feed it fresh human or goat blood. When the jenglot is fed and cared for, it will bring luck and fortune to its master. But if it is not cared for, you need to watch out because it is believed that they will bring harm and misfortune to those around them. Because of its thirst for blood, the jenglot has also been referred to as a vampiric creature. Of course, it doesn't drink the blood with a cup or anything, but instead, the master of the jenglot would drip blood around or nearby. Then once you leave it alone, the blood would then magically disappear. 
Rumor states that the Jenglot will absorb the blood in its own way, only when no one is looking. I don't think they would stand up, walk over, and drink it. But who knows? Some people who own a Jenglot have said to have seen their faces shift and expressions change throughout the years. I can't say they're lying, but it's possible that people see what they want to see. For skeptics and non-believers, we will probably think it's all in the mind. The mind is a powerful tool. Basically, this is the concept of having a lucky charm, a talisman in your back pocket. Except it's not just a charm or something cute that you carry around for fun. It's a creature that many people believe possess supernatural powers, and depending on how you treat it, it can bring you fortune or chaos. This probably requires commitment. So if you ever do come across one, you could maybe consider getting one for yourself and see how that works out. As for me, I will probably just stay away because there's too much out there that I know nothing of, and I would much rather not risk it. In all honesty, I'll probably forget to feed it. For the next urban legend, let's head on over to the Philippines. There are a couple different versions to this tale, but it doesn't really affect the overall plot, so I just picked one that I felt worked best. This is the legend of Maria Labo. Here goes. Maria was a normal woman living a normal life with her family in the province of Capiz during the 1980s. She had a husband who was a local police officer. The couple also had two young children. Although both parents worked and made ends meet, they actually wanted to make more money so they could provide a better life for their kids. This is when Maria decides to leave the Philippines to go work as a caregiver to an old man in Canada. In case you didn't know, Overseas Foreign Workers, or OFW, is a very common line of work amongst Filipinos. Maria was very lucky, as the person she was caring and working for was very kind and generous. They may not have been best friends, but they got along perfectly well. After a while, the old man started to become very sick, and it seemed as if he would be passing away soon. As the old man lay dying in his bed, he offered Maria a black, small, stone-like object and asked her to swallow it. She did as she was told, mostly because she trusted her employer and also because she didn't want to argue with him. Soon after, the man passed away and Maria Labo headed back home to her family. She began to feel like something was different about her. It wasn't that she felt sick, but she felt something begin to stir in her. She never mentioned this, and life went on. Then one day, her husband returned home from work and saw that she was busy cooking in the kitchen. He asked her where the children were, and she looked at him, smiled a very creepy smile, and pointed at the big pot on the stove. They're in here. Her husband ran to the pot, lifted the lid, and saw strange body parts floating in the soup. That's when he realized that Maria had killed their kids and cooked them for dinner. The husband was terrified and angry, so he grabbed a sharp knife and attempted to stab her, but Maria was quicker than that. He only managed to slash her across the face, and Maria escaped into the night, never to return. She is known as Maria Labo, where Labo basically means to get hacked or slashed. So, what happened to Maria Labo if she never bothered going back home? 
Well, something definitely happened to her in Canada. Legend says that her employer was a shapeshifter or a vampire, and he managed to pass his identity onto her right before he died. She, of course, was unaware of this at the time, but once this became part of her, she was no longer able to control herself. She became constantly hungry, and no amount of chicken, beef, or pork would satisfy her. Then she somehow found out that human flesh was what she longed for, but by then, it was way too late for anybody to save her kids. Maria Labo is said to be a shapeshifter, roaming different areas in the Philippines, disguised either as a normal young woman to seduce men, or as an old woman trying to get people to help her out. This story may have happened, or may have been true to a certain degree, but it was probably exaggerated over the years. I mean, you weren't there, I wasn't there. Who knows? All you need to know is, you gotta be careful with strangers, and I mean, don't swallow anything random. Even if it doesn't turn you into a shape-shifting vampire, you could still get sick. Next up, let's head on over to Japan. This is an urban legend called The Red Room. There once was a young boy who was extremely obsessed with the internet. This was before smartphones were a thing, so everyone mostly had to rely on computers to access any online material. Every day, this boy would spend time surfing the web, trying to find new and interesting websites. One day, he heard about an urban legend from a classmate called The Red Room. As a naturally curious person and as an avid internet user, the first thing he did when he arrived home was to search for anything related to The Red Room. As he was going through websites, one of those alert messages popped up on the screen. Written across the pop-up screen were the words, Do you like? Question mark. The boy didn't think much of it and clicked the X on the top right corner. But it wasn't working. The window continued to pop back up every time he closed it. Eventually, he noticed that the pop-up window had a longer message on it, and it read, Do you like the red room? And that's when he heard it. A childlike voice in the background saying, Do you like the red room? That's when the boy's computer screen blacked out and the list of names appeared in red font. On the very bottom, he saw his friend's name, the one who had told him about the red room. The boy suddenly felt uneasy and felt immense dread, as if something was behind him. The boy did not show up at school the next day nor the day after. The school eventually learned that the boy was found deceased in his room the following day. It was said that he had committed suicide, and prior to dying, he had smeared the walls in his room with his own blood, creating his own little red room. This legend was said to also be a curse, and those who have seen the pop-up will most definitely die. The boy's classmate may be avoided to curse by passing it on to him. But who knows? Interesting fact to note. A young Japanese girl who killed her classmate in 2004 had also watched this video and even had it bookmarked on her browser. Dark stuff. Because Japan is so creepy and so strange, 
Here is another urban legend from Japan. If you listened to my last urban legend episode, as in episode 20, you will remember that I taught you all how to play hide-and-go-seek with a ghost. I taught you guys, but I did not recommend you do so. So here's another game for me to share, but preferably not for you to try. This game is called The Bath Game. And similarly to the hide-and-go-seek game, this is a solo player game. Until you summon a spirit, that is. This ghost is a woman named Daruma-san, or Dharma. First, some backstory. According to the legend, a woman by the name of Daruma had once slipped and fallen in her bathtub. Her head went forward and it hit the faucet, gouging her right in the eye, causing instant death. And here is how you summon Daruma. You must play this game at night time, right before you go to bed, or preferably 3 a.m. Fill up your bathtub with water, get undressed, turn off the lights, and sit in the bathtub facing the faucet. Close your eyes and begin washing your hair. Remember to keep your eyes closed the entire time you're in the bathtub. As you wash your hair, begin chanting. Daruma-san fell down. Daruma-san fell down. As you continue chanting, you will begin to get a mental image of a woman standing in a bathtub, slipping, then falling face-first towards the faucet. If performed correctly, you may start hearing noises behind you, as if someone were standing in the bathtub right behind you. Remember, do not open your eyes and do not turn around to check. Once you feel a presence, ask out loud, Why did you fall in the bathtub? There will not be an answer, but just let it sit in the air for a while. Once the silence is deafening, get up, carefully get out of the bathtub and out the bathroom, eyes still closed. Don't try to dry yourself with a towel. Just get up, get out, shut the door, and return to your room immediately. You may now open your eyes, but do not do anything else. And don't turn on the lights. Head straight to bed. You're going to need some sleep because the actual game begins the next day. Wake up, get up, and go about your normal day. Nothing is really different, except you'll begin to feel like something or someone is always behind you. You can turn around and check your surroundings, but it's unlikely you will see anything out of the ordinary. But once you feel a type of dread that you can no longer ignore, turn and glance back quickly and you may catch a glimpse of a woman with long black hair who happens to have a bloodied face and, of course, missing an eye. She will move closer and closer to you after every single glance. And once you feel like she's gotten too close and she's invading your personal space, shout, tomare, and leave the area immediately. Tomare means stop in Japanese. She will stop, and this is when you get to put some distance between the two of you. So she will never really get too close to you. Basically, it's a very stressful game where you literally have to glance behind your shoulder all the time. Once this game gets too tiring for you, you can stop it by simply getting a glimpse of her and shouting, Kitta, which means something along the lines of cutting loose. You will also have to do a sort of karate chop with your hand, 
which signifies the act of cutting loose. Once this is done correctly, you are now free to live your life, Daruma-san free. Congrats! But remember, this game can only last one day. You must end the game before midnight, because if you don't, she will enter your dreams at night, and you will have a follower for life. And I don't mean on social media. Basically, whatever you do, don't let her get too close to you, as she can catch you, and you might be it. As for me, I would rather not find out. This game should only be played once in your lifetime, mostly because why would you want to do it again? And secondly, if you play around two, she will start off right where you last cut her loose, meaning really close to you. Don't be the dumbass in horror movies. Last up, this is an urban legend from back when I was around 14. At the time, I was living in Taiwan, and the school that I attended was old, and it had some interesting tales. This one scared me as a kid, but not so much now that I'm old and wise. Haha. <laughs> Here goes. Years and years ago, a boy had died in an unfortunate accident while he was at school. It was determined to be an accident, so that was that. Life went on. Then, years later, a group of kids from the school had begun playing a dangerous game called the Pen Fairy. Not sure if you guys know what this is, but if you know what a Ouija board is, then the Pen Fairy? It's kind of like a Ouija board on a budget. You write on a piece of paper yes, no, and a few other basic answers. You and your group of friends will hold a pen or a pencil hovering over the paper. You then begin to summon any spirits nearby, and once the pen begins to move, you know it worked. So a group of three kids had been playing, and they suddenly realized that they had summoned a spirit that was around their age. They had some fun with the spirit, but when they asked the spirit to leave, the spirit refused. Well, okay. This hadn't happened to them before, so they were a bit unsure of how to deal with this. They continued to ask the spirit to leave, but since the spirit was a young boy, it continued to mess with them. Eventually, they got so tired and just broke the connection without saying goodbye. This would be a big mistake. For the following week, all three of the teens began to have nightmares at night. It was all the same dream. They would be walking down a dimly lit hallway, probably a school hallway, when they would suddenly feel somebody creeping up behind them. When they would turn to look, they would catch a glimpse of a boy their age, wearing a cap, jumping from door to door, not trying very hard to hide, but kind of like to mess with them, the way you do with little children. They couldn't really see the boy's face as it was dark. But one thing they knew was that they felt immense fear. They would run for their lives all over the hallways, down and up the stairs, trying to get away from this boy. All three would end up waking up in puddles of sweat, heart pounding. Eventually, people began to notice that these three kids were acting strange, and they looked... Uh, terrible. A teacher confronted the three kids and discovered what they had been up to. She knew the game, and she knew how popular it was amongst the kids. She also knew that the boy chasing them in their dreams matched the description of the boy that once died at the school. The teacher offered to play the pen fairy game with the three kids, and this time, 
they managed to ask the boy to leave. Things quickly went back to normal, and I'm going to assume that these three kids never played that game ever again. So there you have it. Five more strange tales from the Asian continent. Truth or fiction? It's up to you. Some believe in ghosts. Some believe in spirits. Some believe in their eyes and what they see is what they believe, while some others believe and see what they believe. I prefer to keep an open mind. Humans take up so little of the entire universe, and honestly, who are we to be so sure of anything? I urge you all to stay safe. Don't take what's not yours. Don't take random things from strangers. And keep your dark magic and ghost summoning to a minimum. Have a happy new year, and here is to a brand new year. Till next time. So I got a couple shoutouts before I sign off. Thank you, Road King nineteen ninety five, for updating your review, and thank you for your messages on Facebook as they really make me feel like I'm doing something cool. So thank you. And next up, I would like to thank a listener from Australia, A R, for a really fantastic review, really a fantastic email, and for becoming my newest Patreon. Wow, that was like three in one. So I really truly appreciate all your support. Happy New Year, guys! This year has been a strange one. I mean, good and bad. I mean, it balances out, so it's okay. But podcast-wise, I had a great time, and I look forward to another year of podcasting with you guys. Thank you for tuning in to the Asian Madness podcast. Please help me by rating, reviewing this podcast. If you're on social media, please look for me under the handle Asian Madness Pod. If you have any comments or suggestions, do not hesitate to write me at Asian Madness. Pod at gmail.com. I truly appreciate each and every one of you for being here. I am your host, Jessica. Till next time. Save big on your Memorial Day barbecue, all in the Kroger app. Get half gallons of delicious Kroger milk for one twenty nine each. Then get flavorful Tyson natural boneless chicken breasts for two forty nine a pound, all with your card and a digital coupon. Shop these deals at your local Kroger today, or tap the screen now to download the Kroger app to save big today. Kroger, fresh for everyone. Prices and product availability subject to change. Restrictions apply. See site for details.